This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. I think that that what people need to understand is is that every belief that they have and every pattern of thought and every emotion that's attached to those patterns of thought are practiced, which means that they are that they were firmly put into place with repetition and firmly put into place with um, with habit, and so. It's safe to say that in the in the habitual practice of those thoughts and ideas and emotions that we were pretending, um, and in the moment, you know, we were. Uh, I was saying to you the other day that uh, that pretend and pretense are not that far apart, and that uh, uh, pretense is like a precursor to the present tense. So. I don't think a lot of people understand that in the process of um, reinventing oneself or rebirthing oneself, <clears throat> that there is a excuse me, there's a a period of pretending <clears throat> of trying to first imagine yourself, you know, in some some other way, and then pretending what you imagine. And of course, to the ego, it's going to feel in the beginning fake or false. And the reason that it feels that way is because you're awake while you're doing it. When you were making up your habits and your beliefs and all those things before that you were pretending, you were asleep. And so I like to talk about today the difference between those two and 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 just kind of what questions that evokes in you and in regards to this work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, my thoughts around it um, are um, kind of uh, consciously consciously choosing um, what I want my present day experience to be. And when I'm not consciously choosing, um, those old patterns and habits um, do run the show. So for me, it's about um, staying aware that um, that I do have to still very much consciously choose my present day experience so that um, it's not a um, repeat of old patterns. Yeah, and that's that's kind of yeah. Yeah. So so what you're saying is is that. Um... You have to consciously not to fake the day <laughs> or or consciously not be on automatic for the day mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah and that's and that's really the practice of uh, of the difference between uh, getting to a, a full place of presence and, and then pretending or doing the precursor to presence and I think that that's a lot of people always say. 
and, and ask the questions, well, what do I do? What do I do? And I always say it's a bunch of stuff you need to stop doing. Well, that's that's it. I mean, if you're going to pretend your life away, and by that I mean pretend that you're too slow, too fat, too stupid, too whatever, pretend those things because they're false, of course. If you're going to pretend that, then pretend awake, for goodness sakes, because at least then you can choose the result of the pretending. If you're pretending mm-hmm. to sleep, then you're you're already gone before you get started, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not gonna you're not gonna pull yourself into the present. And it's um, if you can, and you've had this experience, and I have too, where where we've had a dream that might have been a little bit disturbing or knocked us off course a little bit. But we wake up, we kind of shake the dream off and go on about our day. And then lo and behold, the day is not so good because whatever happened internally tends to play out in the external. And if we trace our steps back and trace our day back, it starts with the dream. So it's the same way with this business of uh, of pretending and um, and going getting to a place of presence or to a place of pretense of presence. That if you don't actively do that awake, the ego will, will you know, will kick you into automatic, and and you're gonna be absent before you know it. <laughs> this kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you say be absent before you know it, what do you what do you mean by that? Be absent. Well, back back I, on I automatic. I know what you mean. Yeah, back mm-hmm. on automatic. Yeah, yeah. That, and what um, does that mean to be on automatic? Well, that you're going to be back uh, looking at life through the lens of the ego and mm-hmm. instead of the lens of the heart or the lens of the soul. Uh, or or even in a matter of time zones, you're going to be going through the motions of your day uh, from the past or out of the past because you're not fully in the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, so I, I think the I think the point I wanted to make because we talked about this the other day and it hadn't hadn't really occurred to me to say it quite this way before is is that there is a um, in this pursuit of integrity and truth and love and freedom and all these words that we talk about and authenticity that there is a period in between the older version of yourself and the newer version of yourself that is a pretending phase pretend in the sense that it's brand new. And that you have to kind of practice your way into it and move your way into it in the same way you did all the other beliefs and perceptions that you have about yourself. The difference, of course, is that you made those those perceptions when you were asleep. Now you're pretending awake, which is a totally different kind of uh, kind of pretending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So I have a question in regards to um, pretending awake because of a, a recent experience I had where something in the present day moment triggered um, an automatic response. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just wondering, like, in those moments of something being triggered that um, – Kicking someone into an automatic response based on something from the past, how could one use the um, pretending awake in that moment? Because those triggers, uh, for me, seem to... um, Well, if you can imagine mm -hmm. that pretending is nothing more than a wish, (laughs) you know, it's just, you know, in the... 
you know, we use all kind of language for this. Uh, you know, in the secret, uh, it was, uh, you know, putting your thoughts out into space and what was the word? Intention. You know, intention and pretending are the same thing. Intention and wishing is all the same thing. The point is, is that that it's all kind of directed towards a future goal, future outcome, and the and the and the creation of something that isn't there, and now that it is there. So when you're in, when you're being triggered by something that takes you into the past, you have a wish that it didn't happen. You have a wish that it would stop. You have a wish that it wouldn't take you away from the moment that you were in. Uh, but you have to make that wish consciously. You see what I mean? I mean, that, mm -hmm. you know, what, what tends to happen is we go into the wish, but we don't actually verbalize it in a way that causes it to not jerk us into the past. There's no way, there's no way, if you have any triggers, and we all do, there's no way to eliminate triggers 100% because they're always going to be there at some level. It's a matter of how long they debilitate you or how long they jerk you into the past. And so if you find yourself jerked into the past by a trigger of some sort, then you wish yourself back into the present. Mm -hmm. And you have to pretend yeah. and you have to pretend it for a little bit. Particularly on mm. on how powerful the trigger is and how you know and realize that the person in front of you that has hit the trigger is not the reason you regressed or the reason that you went into the past it was stuff that you still needed to work on stuff you still needed to kind of be aware of about yourself because if you let the ego the ego will then blame the individual that that is doing the triggering when the real the real culprit here is the the wound itself, and uh, so making a distinction between the trigger and the source, uh, the source wound, and making a distinction between those is very important because the trigger is uh, is present tense and the source wound is past tense. Mm -hmm. So you can be mm -hmm. you, so you can certainly be in the in a moment where somebody has triggered you and then wish that it and wish that it. Um, wasn't having the effect on you that it was having. And in the wishing, consciously and present and awake, you are pretending the the reaction away, really. You're moving from emoting your way through it to feeling your way through it. Because emoting would have been past tense and feeling is in the moment. You're still going to have to deal with the trigger, and you're still going to have to deal with the individual that hit the trigger, but you can do it in a much more present tense kind of way. And not be at the mercy of the of the quantum leap that seems to happen when somebody hits a trigger. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's um, so so true. And and I hope that I remember that when when I get triggered again because it it I would think um, one way to prevent those triggers from happening is when they do happen to play it out differently. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, yeah. I, 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 I heard a comedian not too long ago uh, say something that I really wanted to remember, and I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but uh, he made a joke that we, you know, for the first six or seven or eight years of our lives, we believe in Santa Claus. 
that 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 you would think that by the time we're adults we would believe in ourselves. Um, <laughs> that uh, which 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 implies that we all kind of um, start out in some pretending sleep state uh, as we acquire beliefs about who we are and where we fit in the in the in the world and and how we fit. And those beliefs, if never really tested, are filed away as truths, and um, and they kind of stay there dormant and do what it is that they do in terms of our traits and personality and whatever, uh, until something you know brings them to the surface. And typically, the something that does that is adversity or or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. so so this business of pretending and pretense and presence. I just thought it was worthwhile that the listeners got a sense of that that those are kind of overlapping in the same way that believing uh is overlapping and habit uh and automatic these are overlapping kind of terms that uh that describe a dimension that one chooses to live in uh which is you know past present future uh or all at the same time you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I've heard you use the term um, deja vu moments, um, and, and that seems connected to to this topic as well. Because when you're on automatic, it everything is kind of uh, deja vu moments. Yeah. Well, well pr- particularly when you think of emotions, emotions are a reenactment. Of a of a previous feeling and thought that were combined during a moment of of pain, and they were filed away, you know, in the same way that we file away a feeling and emotion of joy. Uh, but unfortunately, the ego tends to remember the the bad uh, feelings and the bad experiences more than it does the good experiences. And um, and so, if you know that a feeling combined with a thought forms an emotion, then you know that that you had a reaction to a thought that happened before and now since it's become an emotion it is a reenactment of that thought and then it usually mm-hmm. comes and then it usually comes with an action or a behavior or something so that's how it stays so too so yeah mm-hmm. and really that's all yeah. a trigger is a trigger isn't triggering your feelings it's triggering your emotions it's mm-hmm. triggering it's triggering a reenactment and uh and you're not the age, you know. I, I always like to say to people that you're not the the age that you are in that moment. You've regressed to a younger time, and you already know it's somewhere between six and twelve years of age, because that's the time when when ego is becoming kind of crystallized and kind of firmed, you know, as a firm structure. Uh, it can be younger. It can go as young as three, but. You know, more often than not, it's, it's typically around that six to twelve, six to thirteen years of age that we filed away some idea of who we thought we were and some pain associated with it, uh, some self, some uh, some idea of self that was not positive, and somebody triggers it and we go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you think we ever get to a point in our lives? I would hope so, <laughs> but do you think we ever get to a point in our life where what we're experiencing in the present day moment is kind of like this pure experience and there's not a 
a filter between our inner experience and our external experience in the sense that um, that that I think we can kind of project the past onto the present, and that's what creates those those deja vu moments. So, do we ever get to a place where we are in um, an acceptance of what is present day without projections of the past over yes. the present? Yes. Well, yes, of course, but not until you heal the inner child. <laughs> I mean, the inner the inner child and its wounds are the are the anchor to the past. Uh, and so when you when you heal that the inner child, which remember gets no older than a teenager, and and typically acquires its wounds between between three and twelve. Um, you know, those are the wounds you're attempting to heal. And so when you heal that, uh, then you're not going to regress anymore into that into that place of fear and vulnerability or whatever it is that you go through. And um and so yeah, so that's that's the that's the short answer. And and do people accomplish that? Of course. Yeah, people accomplish that all the time. Um mm-hmm. but but and and I think what what you see changing is is that you your inner child once you've um once you have healed its triggers and healed its wounds all the energy that comes uh with being a teenager comes through mm-hmm. uh you know, life is much more of a curiosity and you're more playful and uh you're more apt to take risk all the things that come with being a teenager except now you're 40, 50, 60 years of age, you see. So that's the, the benefit mm-hmm. of healing this inner child is, is it, it, it it's holding back a lot of energy. It's holding back enthusiasm and spontaneity and joy and some of these some of these spontaneous kinds of emotions or feelings that typically come through. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So then at that point, you're dealing with um, present day moments as what whatever is happening in the present day moment kind of um in yeah, real see, time be- rather than, yeah. yeah yeah i think the better question is do we ever get to a place where we realize we're more than ego period mm-hmm. and and this is the reason i'm doing this work i mean because to me the question is uh do we ever get to a place where we realize that we are an incarnate soul that we are embodied mm-hmm as a spiritual being trapped in a psychological existence? And do we ever get to a place of recognizing uh, ourselves as as an embodied soul that carries with it an intelligence that's connected to life itself? Uh, because that is that's the critical question to me. And so yeah, I mean they the to to transcend uh the ego and all of the wounding of it is uh, is is the precursor to arriving into this present moment but to embody life or to embrace life is to embrace the embodiment that you are and that's a different level of uh of existence and i don't think that uh, and so to, to go back to your original question do we ever get to a place where we don't have that filter that's that's the place when you get mm-hmm. to when you get to the realization that you are an embodied soul, that everything else around you that's tied to personality and ego is essentially made up about 
who you are and why and when, when and what and where you are, all that's kind of made up at some level until they merge. Because in the, in the answering of those questions, we're really uh, are just being in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... From that place, until and if you get to that place where there isn't that filter, you really can't experience the dimensions of love, truth, and freedom. No, well, no, not fully, because because mm-hmm. to to me, you know, we have to talk about this metaphorically. Be but but to me, love, truth, and freedom is no different than standing under the sun with your arms outstretched and feeling the breeze on your skin. There's nothing to do to be in that other than to just be in that. And uh, and that is the dimensional sensation of the warmth of the sun on your skin and the, and the wind blowing, all of that present tense kind of sensation, and that's it. You know, love, truth, and freedom is a sensation of the same dimension looked at from a different perspective. Truth is one, one perspective. Love is one perspective, and certainly freedom is one perspective, but it's all within that same dimension. And um, mm-hmm. so it depends upon what we're doing in, in, in a moment as to which one of those dimensions we're moving through or, or moving out of. But, yeah, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And I would, yeah, and I would imagine um, – depending on where a person is with their their inner work, you can experience maybe sound bites or glimpses of um, love, truth, and freedom, but you can't um, kind of live in those dimensions in an ongoing basis. And actually, you can't anyway when you're um, interacting with others in the world that aren't there. Um, well, like I think I think about, the you know, yeah, I think I think the mm-hmm. illusion is uh, in in the spiritual community is is that we arrive to this magical place uh, of presence, and then in that magical place of presence, there is no strife, there is no mm-hmm. friction, there is no hardship or adversity, and that's just not true. Uh, it's 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 almost like the myth that we've been given about drinking eight glasses of water a day. Uh, you know, eight, uh, six to eight ounce glasses of water a day and as to whether or not we actually need that much water. And then, you know, then they came back out kind of after the fact and said, well, you, know, you can actually drink too much water and you flush your system mm-hmm. by drinking too much water. Right. Well, it's the same right. thing with this business of love, truth and freedom, that if you get a dose of what it means to be in the dimension of love, if you get a dose of what it means to be free, if you get a dose of what it's like to stand fully in the truth, that dose is all you need that will last for months. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have, doesn't mean you have to live there all the time because that would not be realistic, nor is it possible. That's almost mm-hmm. that's that's almost like um, I mean, you need the right amount of oxygen to breathe. You need the right amount of food to live. You need the right amount. By right amount, I mean it's approximate and specific. Uh, and anything above and beyond that is is too much. And the mm-hmm. the 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 illusion of this um, place that we arrive to uh, is that we 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 move to a place of such abundance and such unbelievable uh, uh, presence and gift and whatever word you want to use 
to me, it'd be like flying too close to the sun. You know that mm-hmm. that, that we're, we physically cannot handle. Uh, it would not be it would not be life as we know it to be in a place where there is no friction, where there is no duality, where there is none of that. It's 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 how much do you need to sustain the physical experience and sensation of joy? And my mm-hmm. my experience well, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, and my experience yeah. is it isn't it isn't so it isn't uh, that much. <laughs> It's an old, it isn't a whole lot. You don't you don't have to be in the place of love, truth, and freedom twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. All you may need is an hour a month, you know, because there's an enormous amount of infusion that comes from being in that dimension. Mm. Enormous amount you, of energy. Yeah. Can you expand on that word infusion? I really like that that word. Well, I mean that if you, well, I, I what I think of you know if the body was a uh, uh, was an energy source, and of course it is, and it and it runs without a uh, a plug in the wall or a battery, that uh, and so it's self sustaining. It and it is self sustaining, but yet it needs food and it needs water and it needs those kinds of things for this for the body to continue to do what it does. Uh, that if you don't take care of that that instrument that is your body, then it will you will become depleted, and you have to re-energize. I think mm-hmm. I think spiritually it's the same it's the same thing. Uh, you need you need to spiritually kind of energize yourself uh, to recharge uh, that field of energy that is you uh, through some kind of practice that allows that to happen. And uh, and the word we use for that typically is church, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, so if you're so the implication in the religious community is if you take a take an hour or two every Sunday, which is essentially 48 hours a week, uh, mm-hmm. then you you are doing your, you know, doing your part uh, to practice your religion um, mm-hmm. and you may or may not be infused or, or kind of energized by that, it may just be a uh, going to church to eat ham and cheese with your friends. You know, it may not be anything <laughs> at all. Uh, and so, uh, which is what a lot of church is for a lot of people. It's an activity, but uh, but but embracing life and the sacredness of life, and embracing the preciousness of it, and being grateful for the preciousness of it. Um, these are the things that energize the soul. These are the things that energize that field of energy that is you. Uh, mm-hmm. is to, and 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 so I think that when we talk about love, truth, and freedom as a place, I, I want people to understand that it's uh, it's not a place you're going to go and live 100% of the time. You, you don't need to, and and the body isn't really prepared to. Um, it's not designed to be in that place. It would be outside this dimension of uh, of the of what we call life and and the and the human condition, we wouldn't be mm-hmm. in this physical body if we moved to a place of eternity because that's what we're talking about here. Truth is eternal, love is eternal, freedom is eternal, which means they are all three outside of time. And if they are timeless, you know, how long can we stand? Can this body stand in timelessness? It'd be no different than saying how long can we stand in outer space before we run out of oxygen? Probably not very long. There are certain 
so there are certain conditions that we are limited to in this in this experience as, of being human. But but again, we we talk about these places as if they are void of all of the trials and tribulations of what it means to be human, when in truth they're just diminished. You know what you're doing over mm-hmm. the lifespan is becoming less and less debilitated and less and less encumbered by the things that you have made up as truth to move into a place that is more valid and in that mm-hmm. place of and in that place of validity is a lightness and a uh, um the weight of the of the world is is lifting off of you as that is that is occurring and it comes with age and development and and self inquiry yeah mhm yeah but i i could see that um, there could be a a temptation or even a seduction in um, the spiritual realm of kind of like I imagine um, a yogi sitting on a mountaintop in meditation and he, you know, he or she lives to be, you know, 150 years old and maybe they haven't aged in the same way that people going in and out of those dimensions have aged but they also haven't lived <laughs> and right. you know what I mean so mm-hmm. that gives me a, a visual of, of what you're saying that we can visit the place the dimensions of love truth and freedom and be infused by that but um, well yeah i think yeah, I, I think if we understand mm-hmm. that we are a conduit to life, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. we start out as a burst of light, uh, which is the birth of the human soul, this burst of light comes from life itself, well, that light is still connected to where it came from. And uh, and the antenna for that field of energy that is that is us is the physical body. And mm-hmm. uh, and we have and you know so the the key is to have a vertical relationship with it you see and rather than a horizontal mm-hmm. in your head kind of relationship with it and and so mm-hmm. we don't the irony to me is we're really already there <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> that, there's nothing that we really have to do there's a bunch of stuff we need to stop doing we are already yeah, in the dimension being, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably say that um, a thousand times, and um, because that's so so true. I mean, just in what you just said, that we're already there, and it's not that we have to get somewhere or do something to get there. It's things that we need to stop doing. Yeah, it's, and, it's like I said yeah. one one day. I was listening to uh, to Oprah interview Eckhart Tolle, and you know, and they ask him the question about you know what what what's it like to be present or how do you know that you're present and and it must be really cool to be you and whatever and and my and he gave this really long-winded you know I think kind of confusing answer and and to me it's you know I and I think I've already said this before at a different time but you know put your right hand over your over your heart and feel it beating and know in that moment that you are alive. And so the question is, how alive are you in your aliveness? Or how present are you in your aliveness? That is, mm. that's it. And what, and, what mm. do you, and what do you have to do to recognize that you're alive? Then go, what's alive? What's alive in me? You mm-hmm. see. And, uh, and what is the meaning of that life? 
and uh, and what is the purpose of that life? And and you know these are the things. So so to me that that people talk about steps and stages and whatever, but really it's a it it's trying to get your chronological age congruent with uh, your spiritual development. Your psychological development is already delayed, interrupted, maladapted, divided. It's it's all these things. Uh, so so how do we get my chronological age aligned with my psychological, emotional, and spiritual adjustments so that they are somehow congruent? And mm-hmm. and, and because in that congruence, uh, there's some you know healing is happening. Uh, I'm letting go of some things. Ego is is dissolving. Uh, I'm getting more present with myself. So we're supposed to catch up with ourselves chronologically uh, around midlife. And if we mm-hmm. don't catch up, that's the crisis. Mm-hmm. If we don't catch up with ourselves, and I'm talking about our spiritual selves, then we are then we're delayed. We're held back. And uh, so, in other words, we catch up with the soul. You know, at thirty-five to forty-five, or we're still trapped in the ego, and don't catch up with the soul, and 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 its and its spiritual uh, awareness or its beingness and its present uh, c- capability uh, of being in this existence. Uh, we're not fully embodied, <laughs> you know, or, or or aware of our embodiment if we are more aware of our psychological being, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. But it's developmental, and it isn't wrong, and it isn't your fault, and it isn't uh, because you've made a bunch of mistakes, and it isn't because you're slower than the guy next door. Everybody has to go through this. Everybody gets, uh, you know, gets cut away from the source. Everybody gets divided by their by their life experience. Everybody has to heal that division. Everybody has to reconnect to the source. Everybody has to go through that. All that changes is what's your story. What context did it happen in? And so there is, you know, to go back to what we talked about at the beginning of of the show is is that I wanted people to know that uh, that all of that you made up about yourself and all that you believed about yourself that turned out to be uh, the ego and its traits and qualities and attributes, uh, those were pretended before they became real, and they were pretended long enough to become a belief. And then believed hmm. long, and then believed long enough to become the truth, but you did all that asleep. So what happens in the in the rebirthing of yourself spiritually is you go back to pretending again, but now you're pretending awake. Now pretending takes on the shape of a wish or a manifestation or an image, awake, of a different version of yourself. Uh, and of course, you can pick out all of the wonderful qualities that you want to possess instead of those you pretended when you were asleep, which were all those negative qualities that you thought you were. And uh, so that's the that's the uniqueness of pretending awake versus pretending asleep. Is is that a lot of the stuff that we pretended was false? So you can't. So so it, and what's cool about pretending awake is is that you know it's delusional. Uh, if if it's not if it doesn't pass a reality test, you know you can you can pretend that you're, you know, the president of the United States, <laughs> but the reality test is you're not. You see, 
So mm-hmm. you don't you don't take the concept of pretend pretending way way out there. What you do is you you pretend what it is you need to pretend in a given moment, which is typically a quality or an attribute that you wished you had that is uh, a virtue, a, a, um, a positive quality of some sort, and then you practice it by pretending it until it becomes real. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about act of kindness all the time in this culture, you know, that that you may be, you, you may or may not be a very compassionate person, but if you display an act of kindness, which is an act of compassion to another human being, you get a rush, the other person gets a rush, and you both walk away happy. Well, so an act of kindness is a form of pretending to get the payoff of the sensation of what it feels like to be compassionate. So it's it has a biochemical reward, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I hope that's not confusing because I know the word pretend sounds fake, but I want people to realize that pretend, pretense, these are words that are talking about time zones. Uh, present is a time zone. Uh, it's yeah. here now, mm-hmm. and to pretend. Pretense or to pre-presence—it's all kind of related. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it's confusing at all. I think it it brings a lot of clarity to um, what the spiritual community um, talks about all the time. You know, waking up, waking up. Well, what is that really, and how is that done in a, a healthy, balanced way? Um, I, I think there needs to be a lot of clarity to go along with that. And I think uh, this topic has, has brought some clarity to what does that mean to be awake in your life? Well, and, and do you want to wait to be shaken awake? I mean, imagine mm-hmm. somebody grabbing you by both of your shoulders and shaking the bejesus out of you until mm-hmm. you awaken. Or would you rather awaken by choice, you see? And and I can already tell you that if the ego left to the ego to make that decision, you got to shake the ego awake. It's not going to wake up on its own. No more than it's going to shake shake you into responsibility or shake you into integrity or shake you into a place of truth and honesty. Uh, you know, the ego uh, isn't going to do these things voluntarily. So typically the shaking, the shaking experience uh, that, that I'm referring to is some sort of adversity, some sort of hardship that grabs you in a given moment, uh, like like we were talking at the beginning of the show about triggers, you have a trigger that throws you into, that throws you back on yourself, really, which is what happens is when you get triggered is, you know, what the event has thrown you back on yourself. The question is how far back and how long, mm-hmm. and how long would it take you to crawl your way back into the present, you see. Um, and, but it isn't, it isn't a bad thing that those things occur in most cases, the ego needs it to happen so it can uh, stop doing that mm-hmm. when, some, when somebody hits, hits a proverbial trigger of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can either um, pretend ourselves awake and kind of um, participate in that, or um, we can not knowingly wait for life to kind of do it to us, <laughs> kind of 
give us that shaking awake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't think, and I think you can't, I think that's the point. You can't pretend um, that you're conscious. You can't pretend that you are awake. Um, it, uh, or, I, or I guess you can, but if you're not, it's then a delusion. <laughs> so that's the trouble with the word pretend. It sounds faking, like you're faking something. And so I could change the word pretending to acting. Act like you're in the present. Act like mm. that you are happy and joyful. Act the way that you wish that you could be in a given moment. And in the acting, uh, which seems temporarily artificial, uh, in the acting is the becoming. And and again, using that word instead of pretend, it's the same thing. You acted before mm -hmm. like you were a loser. You acted before that you were stupid. You acted before that you were ashamed and guilty. You were acting this way. You acted that way long enough till something affirmed it. Then you began to believe it, and it became your truth. It's no different. Mm -hmm. The point mm -hmm. is, is that the point is, is that we're all actors and actresses in this experience. The question is, do you want to be an actor awake or an actor asleep? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, you know, of course, we would all say that the ultimate goal was to no longer be acting. But as long, you know, and, and, and instead just being. But in the world of interpersonal relationships and in the world in general, there's a fair amount of acting that still goes on. You see, mm -hmm. uh, that you can't you can't always be uh, around around other actors. Sometimes you got to act with them or like them or some way that fits in with them. And so, mm -hmm. but, but it doesn't make it artificial and fake. Uh, what it what it, what it instead does is it magnifies the difference between the dimension of acting and the dimension of just being. Until pretty soon it's second nature, I think. You know, I think what happens. I can only speak for myself that I used to be a great actor, and I probably still am a good actor. But the difference is now that I just kind of be, and then the acting kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can still do the acting, you know, and I think at some level we all do that. But it isn't either or, you know, this is the problem mm -hmm. with all this work. None of this is either or. It's all both and. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to this topic today because especially around um, pretense and pretending, and I'm sure there's something for me to see and recognize in, in what I'm about to say that that pretending or pretense has been like my Achilles heel in life. I can't stand it in myself and I can't stand it in others. And so I was so interested in like, well, how is Ernie going to put this into context so that um, that Achilles heel that I've had throughout my life can be reframed. And mm -hmm. you've done a really good job at that. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want, I don't want to, the, uh, the folks to think that I mean, pretending as being fake or artificial. It, it's mm -hmm. really just, it's really just a style of acting uh, in the present uh, rather than allow yourself to be regressed into the past. And, um, mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's important to realize that we all we all started out, like I said, pretending and making up stuff about ourselves, and we did it for so long, so often, and so 
uh, deliberately and so so much that it became who we were, <laughs> mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. realizing that the same kinds of uh, practice and behaviors are needed to to kind of offset those original things. And so the difference is you're now acting and pretending and behaving awake uh, in terms of the person that you want to be uh, mm-hmm. or the place that you want to be in or the mood you choose to be in in a given day. And uh, And that's it. I mean, believe it or not, you can choose when you get up what kind of day you're going to have. And the very choice, you know, it's it's no different than the half than the glass half full kind of thing. You can get up and imagine you're going to have a glorious day, and you may still have a lot of crap that happens in that day. But how you begin it, how you start it, you know, makes a difference on how you handle everything else that follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like on our computers, we have all the um, deep default programs that you know just automatically run by default but in the then background, yeah. As, yeah as the operator of the computer we can go on and, and choose what works best for us yeah and and not just you know yeah and it's the same in life and and, and it certainly makes and it certainly makes sense that we would that we would get up and, and run a program of our choosing instead of one that's running yeah. in the background yeah yeah Something yeah. that that works works better for us in in present day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of the Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psycho spiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And the soul's intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom, and how in an instant learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.